The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. The most important objective for our country right now is stability. Governments cannot eliminate volatility in markets. There will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Ewan Potts. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, will it be a coronation for Rishi Sunak or will Penny Mordaunt make the cut for a Conservative leadership election? We'll hear from MPs supporting both candidates. Plus, after the disaster of Trotonomics, where next for Tory policy? We're going to speak to Will Tanner, former special advisor and head of the Onward Think Tank. But first, the heavyweights of the Tory party have been lining up throughout the morning behind Rishi Sunak. The Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, announcing his uh, endorsement in an article on The Telegraph after Boris Johnson pulled out of the race. But there's been plenty more as well. Yeah, lots more declaring in the last 24 hours. A former uh, Home Secretary Priti Patel, James Cleverly, current Home Secretary Grant Shapps, uh, last week's Home Secretary Suella Braverman, so plenty of, uh, uh, plenty of uh, Home Secretaries and former Home Secretaries. Uh, interesting that... Uh, oh, is it interesting that uh, so many candidates, uh, uh, so many MPs are pulling in behind Rishi Sunak? Perhaps it's pretty obvious. It does seem that when there is a coalescing uh, around one candidate, everybody sort of uh, uh, piles in. I, I think I think the, the trouble for Penny Morden is that uh, a lot of MPs will see her as, as the more risky option. That might have been fine uh, last time around, but after the uh, disastrous disaster of the last few weeks, I think they want a safe option. Uh, and Rishi Sunak, although he uh, divides opinion amongst some at least he is tested and they kind of know what they're getting with him and I think the trouble with, with Mordaunt is also her politics she wrote a book which uh, puts her very much in the centre of the party mm. uh, but also the fact that uh, you know they just uh, can't be certain that uh, a premiership would would go well and that really is a risk they just can't take at the moment. Yeah well of course that's the dilemma that's facing Tory MPs at this time. Um, The economic background though not looking much brighter today. Bloomberg Economics saying the clean up job from that mini budget will knock around 1.5% off the UK's GDP. Our economists seeing peak pain for the British economy hitting in the second quarter of next year. They say a further £30 billion worth of austerity will be needed to put the debt trajectory back on track according to the OBR trajectory um, that the new government will need to find that cash then through spending cuts or tax rises add to that the latest PMI surveys economic surveys out today showing the weakest reading in almost two years the the clouds are very dark over the background to all of this as we of course wait to see what the Tory party MPs will decide Yeah a bit of grim economic news it should be fair to say probably that uh, also some quite bad economic news out of uh, Europe today we've also had those uh, PMIs uh, across a number of European economies and they are not doing too well either Well let's get to our guest uh, this morning uh, Think, Think Tank Onward say that the Tories face oblivion if the next leader does not fully break with trustonomics and rebuild the party's election winning 2019 coalition. Based on a sample of 10,000 people, it says that voters support economically interventionist and socially conservative policies. 
Well, let's speak to the Director of Onward, Will Tanner, who's with us now. Will was advisor to Prime Minister Theresa May between 2013 and 2017 and served as Deputy Head of Policy in 10 Downing Street. Um, Will, thank you very much for being with us. What was the key finding then of your survey? Well, thank you for having me. Um, The survey that we did, as you say, 10,000 voters nationally represented, and we were trying to understand the kind of uh, get beneath the froth of the electorate as well and understand the kind of undercurrents of what's driving voter opinion. And what we found is that the Conservative Party is in a very, very desperate position. Around 35% of voters rate their likelihood of ever voting Conservative at zero out of 100. Um, and uh, the Conservative Party is uh, very well behind uh, the Labour Party in the polls. Um, but what's critical, I think, to understand is that quite a large number of voters uh, are not saying they'll switch to the Labour Party. They're saying they don't know how they're going to vote. Around 30% of the of the Tories' 2019 coalition don't know how they'll vote in a, in a future election. So there is an opportunity, I think, to bring back some of those voters that voted Conservative in the last election and actually expand the Conservatives' electoral appeal. But it requires taking the right choices and the Conservative Party doesn't have very many uh, years before the next election uh, to convince voters uh, of its its kind of broad-based appeal in the country at large. Well, some really interesting findings in your research. I was just having a look at some of the policies that you tested. What were some of the, the, the popular and unpopular ones? Well, I think, so what's interesting is that uh, we've obviously just had six weeks of what you might call libertarian policies on the economy. So uh, cutting taxes, deregulation, supply-side reform, those were the big hallmarks of the Liz Truss administration. Actually, those policies are not popular amongst voters at all. Um, the type of policies that voters are most willing to support are things like cuts to uh, VAT on energy. Now, that is a tax cut, but it's very specifically targeted at the cost of living, and it obviously supports everyone, not just the highest earners. Things like increasing the minimum wage, so an interventionist policy to ensure that workers get more uh, pay. Things like taxing big business in order to fund investment in the NHS. Those are the type of economic policies that voters are most favourable to. And the type of policies they don't want are uh, more immigration, um, both uh, both for work and uh, and through the asylum system, but also uh, student migration is unpopular. Um, they're less supportive of universities than apprenticeships, things like that. So it's a it's a move to what we call the kind of national conservatism that won the 2019 election that I think is most likely to garner widespread support. When it comes to those economic policies, are any of those actually a big shift from, from previously? I mean, you know, if you, you kind of tend to ask people in the abstract, they do say, yes, we want better public services and, you know, we don't particularly... Um, you know, that that's sort of a, quite a regular cause. I'm wondering how you, you, there's an evolution in this and what's different perhaps now than would have been a couple of years ago. So you're absolutely right. Voters have always been supportive of slightly more economically interventionist policies and more socially and culturally conservative policies. And that's I think that's been broadly been true, actually, since the 1980s. I think what's changed is the voters that the Conservative Party specifically is trying to attract. So 2019 did mark... Uh, a realignment of of that party and indeed the Labour Party's voting coalition such that the Conservatives were much more reliant on voters who were more economically left-wing than than previous Conservative coalitions. And so uh, the lesson from our findings today is that if the Conservatives want to kind of rebuild that coalition, uh, and it's worth saying that a return to previous coalitions has been slightly closed off by uh, by the realignment post-Brexit. Um, if the Conservatives want to rebuild that coalition, they do need to accept that voters do not 
necessarily share the kind of quite kind of right-wing economic vision that people like Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng try to put forward. Now, you frame this in terms of what it means for the Tories, but this has got pretty interesting implications for Labour, hasn't it? Lots of the economic stuff really kind of suggests that voters and and the Labour Party are are kind of in the same place. But the socially conservative stuff, well, that is quite tricky medicine, isn't it, I think, for for, for Labour members in the Labour Party? Absolutely. So the Labour Party is relatively united on economic matters, but they are as split, if not more split than the Conservatives on economics on social and cultural issues. So uh, things like immigration, crime, uh, some of the more kind of culture war identity uh, politics issues like gender and race and uh, and um, uh, sex uh, based issues, those type of issues really split the Labour Party such that Keir Starmer is kind of doing the splits between the progressive metropolitan wing uh, and his old working class voters that he's trying to attract back to Labour from the last election. So uh, the Labour Party is, is deeply split on those issues. And I think what you're starting to see from Labour is them uh, tentatively tacking right on cultural issues in order to win back some of those working class voters, but doing so very gently. So Keir Starmer talks about controlling immigration rather than reducing immigration, for example. He has said that crime is a big priority, but but it's um, it's a gentle move rather than some of the big leaps that, for example, Tony Blair did in 1997. When it comes to the economics, though, is there a sense that the Tories have blown their economic credibility or can that be, you know, whoever the new leader is and it looks like it, 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 Rishi Sunak has a strong, strong chance of getting it. Is that is he going to be able to rebuild that? I think there is absolutely the possibility for the Conservative Party to rebuild. Um, managing the economy is still seen as one of the Conservative Party's strengths despite uh, the events of the last uh, six weeks. Um, we did some polling over the weekend that found that 42% of voters, and that's all voters, not just Conservative voters, thought Rishi Sunak was best placed out of all of the candidates uh, to stabilise the economy. Um, So I think there is uh, a opportunity for the next leader to do that. But clearly that requires them to exert fiscal discipline, which I think was one of the big mistakes of the Trust Administration, uh, and to set out a vision for how they are going to make the economy fairer. And so one of the things that our study found today is that voters uh, feel like uh, inequality is holding back uh, the country. They're more in favour of uh, tackling inequality than growth, for example. Um, And uh, they want to see things like regional imbalances in the economy tackled urgently um, because the opportunity that exists in some places is much greater than others. So I think um, it depends on the economic strategy that the new prime minister puts forward. But I think that opportunity is there. Well, Given the very low morale amongst Tory MPs, do you think there's any chance of them kind of coalescing around uh, an economic policy, and particularly the one that you suggest, which is probably not where a lot of them sit politically? Well, so I'm a glass half full type of person, so I am optimistic of the Conservative Party uniting uh, around a a shared vision. I think there are two things that uh, work in the Conservatives' favour. Firstly, uh, things are so bad that uh, there isn't, we are kind of at rock bottom. And so for the part, as the party moves forward and starts to rebuild some of its voter base and starts to recover its position in the polls, there's the opportunity for momentum behind a new approach. So in some ways, we've already hit the bottom and it's the only way is up. The second thing I think is that 
lots of Conservative MPs, I would say the majority of opinion on the backbenches, do not share the economic vision of the government that we have just seen fall. Okay. Uh, most Conservative MPs I speak to are willing to see the government intervene in the economy. And indeed, they, they stood on that platform in 2019. So I think this opportunity is there. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Penny Mordaunt looks to be far short of the 100 MPs she needs to face Rishi Sunak in the leadership contest. But her supporters are still optimistic. We've been speaking to the MP Robbie Moore, who's backing Mordaunt, about how the Conservative Party can maintain credibility, given that it is the second leadership election in just a few short months. I'm uh, just as frustrated as uh, many of my Conservative colleagues that we find ourselves in this position. Um, It is deeply frustrating as as an MP that has... Uh, just come in uh, less than three years ago. Um, so um, I, I get the sense of frustration absolutely that is out, is out there. Um, but we are now in a, a position, a time frame has been set where we can choose our next leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister. So it is right that we are having uh, this debate um, because, as you'll be well aware, you know we need to create stability. We need to make people um, be reassured that the government... Uh, is delivering for them because that's what's the most important thing. So we've got a few days to have those conversations and that's why I'm backing Penny because I think that she is that unifying character. She has the experience. Uh, She has been held in government for a number of years across nine government departments, eight ministerial positions. Um, So I think that she is the, the candidate that has got the experience to take the top job. Well, Robbie, I mean, one question, I mean, looking at the situation right now, isn't it actually Jeremy Hunt who's in charge of the Conservative Party right now? Let's say there is, an, is a new leader, which, of course, there will be this week. How much leeway does that person really have to put in place any new policies? So uh, Jeremy is obviously a chancellor and Penny has indicated that she would uh, keep Jeremy as chancellor, which I think is the right decision to have made. You know, he has created um, calm in the market. He has created stability, which is absolutely what needed to be delivered. And we have an ability now to choose a new leader that will then set the vision and the direction based on the manifesto that we as Conservatives were all elected on in 2019. So um, whoever takes the keys to number 10 will be able to put their influence on that direction and quite rightly they will be prime minister so um so i'm quite confident that that uh, will be in the gift of, of either of the candidates uh, that take that position 
of course, for, for Penny Morton to make that 100 threshold that needs to be made of MPs, um, she will need to win quite a lot of Boris Johnson's supporters. The Foreign Secretary James Cleverly in the past few minutes has said that he will support Rishi Sunak in the race. Is that a blow to Penny Morton's campaign? Well, no, because we're quite confident on the numbers. You know, we're confident that Penny will end up on the ballot, which I think is is the uh, is a good thing. I don't think it's great to necessarily have a coronation for a candidate. Um, I think it's right that um, we have a candidate that is able, um, uh, sorry, a, a debate that is able to be put to the membership for so our membership to have a decision on that. So, you know, you know, factually, let's not forget that. Yeah, unfortunately, I know we only had a leadership election over the summer period, which went on for far too long, in my view. Uh, but the membership didn't pick Rishi. So I think it's right that even if Rishi ends up getting it, that he is given that gift by the membership as well, which is why it's so important um, that over the course of this week, not only do the parliamentary party have their ability to have their say on this contest, but also the Conservative membership. So, Robbie, you know, other nations in Europe, they have a windfall tax. They have stable governments. They haven't seen market meltdowns as we head into what could be an incredibly difficult winter. You know, the Conservative Party is in power here. Do you acknowledge the party's disorganization has made the UK lives for citizens in the UK materially worse this winter? Well, I don't acknowledge that because what we have put in place, um, quite rightly, was the energy price guarantee. Um, This is where the administration um, uh, uh, was looking at what anticipated energy costs were going to be for an average household, and they were predicted to be as high as £6,000. So the government stepped in, putting the energy price guarantee in place, um, ensuring that every household would um, be, on average, paying around 2500 That's a huge market intervention by the government. So I absolutely think that the government is on side of every household, trying to do their best, best as, uh, as national government to ensure that there um, is the ability for households to benefit with the um, predicted rises, um, increasing predicted rises of utility bills over the, the winter period. And of course, that's in addition to the measures that were put in place um, just before uh, the summer period that was going to kick in with giving out the individual payments for individuals, whether they were on a disability a benefit or more means tested. So I think it's absolutely the case that the government is providing that level of support. Well, that was Robbie Moore, who's a Conservative MP from West Yorkshire, speaking to Stephen and Charlie Wells. Well, Rishi Sunak's backers are in a much more confident position. The former Chancellor is securing the support of over half of Conservative MPs. They include cabinet heavyweights such as Jeremy Hunt and James Cleverley. The MP Joe Gideon is also backing Sunak. She spoke to us earlier. So I was a Rishi supporter back in the summer and still am. Uh, he got it right, as you say. Uh, and, 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 and yes... The, the party members um, got it wrong, but they got it wrong because they hoped that um, the story of, of reducing taxes, which as Conservatives we all want, um, was one that, that, that could be a success. Um, I think it was all about the timing, though. Uh, you know, too much too soon. And, um, you know, we see the results. Joe, will Rishi Sunak, if he is elected leader, be able to unite the party? There's a lot of division out there. Uh, yes is, is the simple answer. I think if you've looked at the numbers of nominations that, that he's, he's got already, um, I, I, I believe now that Boris Johnson has withdrawn or has, you know, has, has said he's not going to, to go forward, um, we, we've probably already reached um, the majority of the, of the parliamentary party. And there are people from 
all wings of the party backing Rishi. I think that's the key thing. Um, he is the only candidate that can unite the, the, all the wings of the Conservative Party. I mean, thinking about the Conservative Party, I mean, what what does it stand for now? There have just been so many reversals. I think there's a lot of questions about, you know, ideologically, what does it stand for? I mean, it stands for the same things. I think the challenge has been that we had a, a global pandemic, which, which meant that there's a party that ideologically, you know, believes in small state and um, that, that we should have a, a low tax regime uh, couldn't operate in that way because, you know, we had to. And, and, and Rishi uh, Sunak, as, as the chancellor, was responsible for making sure that six million people didn't lose their jobs during COVID, um, that we backed business and supported, uh, you know, supported the economy in a way that... Um, as I say, normally, you know, you, you wouldn't expect from a Conservative government, but it was essential. Um, you know, we put the, the, the national interest first, um, but now we need to um, to make sure that the, the, the economy is stable and that we have fiscal responsibility, and he's the right man for the job to do that. Is it better or worse for the Conservative Party if Penny Mordaunt does get the 100 threshold of MPs and, and that there will be a, a competition here? Well, I have the greatest respect for Penny, and, and uh, you know I do think that, that certainly there's a, there's an important role for her within, within uh, the government, even if um, Rishi wins today without um, it going to the membership. Um, but the challenge really is that people expect us to come to a rapid conclusion and get on with the job. Um, that's the most important thing for the country. Uh, we need to have that stability as quickly as possible, um, and I think that you know prolonging it even a week is is, is not good. I mean, let's take that forward just a little bit. I mean, looking at other nations in Europe, you know, they've got windfall taxes. They've got stable governments. They haven't seen, you know, the market meltdown that we've seen in this country um, before what could be an incredibly difficult winter. And so, I mean, thinking about the disorganization in this party, do you think that that has made UK citizens' lives materially worse going into this winter? Well, there's no doubt that the you know, the 45 days that, that we've had um, have not made people's lives easier, um, and that's why we need to to uh, you know get a, get a grip now and um, have the economics that, that, that makes sense. And, and it will be tough. And I think that you know the British people are are prepared for a, for a, you know a message that says we can't keep on spending. You know there has to be. Um, uh, a change in, in the way government operates um, and, and they will accept that but you know we have to tell them why and we have to tell the markets why and how we're going to do it and that's been the missing piece Well how will Rishi Sunak be able if he is uh, elected leader how will he be able to convince the markets that you know there won't be another f- days like we've seen recently Well I mean you know he was was saying um, right from the, the start of the, the previous leadership campaign, um, that, that times ahead are tough, and that he was going to be honest with the nation, and he's still saying the same same thing. So he understands um, what needs to happen, and he will be honest. And I think that that's that's really important for people to know. You know, the, the British people are very resilient, and they will accept um, tough times, uh, but they need to know that that uh, there is a reason and that the tough times will lead to um, eventually inflation coming down, the mortgages being being better, and um, their children and grandchildren not facing a huge amount of debt. 
Well, that is the Conservative MP and Sunak backer Joe Gideon speaking to Charlie Wells and I a little bit earlier on. So, looking ahead to what happens next. The first deadline, 2pm for the candidates to declare they've reached the 100 MPs threshold. Uh, The 1922 Committee Chairman Graham Brady will announce the results shortly after nominations close. If Rishi Sunak is the only candidate to have won the backing of more than 100 MPs, it will then be a coronation. If Penny Mordaunt makes it through, then the pair will go head-to-head in hustings at 2.30. And MPs will then vote between 3.30 and 5.30 to reveal who is the most popular of the final two candidates. That is just an indicative vote. though. That's just for the MPs to say, look, this is who we want to see. Uh, And then it will then go to uh, the wider membership. And they have until Friday in that uh, online poll uh, to make their preference. But this, uh, uh, if we get it, this vote later on will just be for MPs to say, this is who we would prefer you to choose, uh, given that last time uh, party members didn't pick their preferred candidate. And, and then uh, at uh, six o'clock, uh, Graham Bailey's going to announce the results of the uh, first ballot. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.